Welcome to Shop Talk. My name is Shannon. So, what's in store this week? This week on the podcast, we meet Shane. From welding trailers to burning the candle at both ends. Freak accident to a dive headfirst into a natural therapist's career, business ownership and burnout. And then back again. A working example of the circle of influence and the reality that there really is no such thing as a job for life. That was purely just for shits and giggles to make sure that everything works. Shane, mate, welcome to Shop Talk. How are you? Yeah, good, mate. Good. Good, 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 mate. Lovely to be out here. Um, we're in sunny Brisbane. Always sunny here in Brisbane. It is, well, it's nearly the middle of winter, isn't it? It is, definitely. I'm wearing a t-shirt and shorts. Yep. <laughs> and um, and you're not wearing any pants. This is just what happens. <laughs> it's, it's just the way we live. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to edit that out. But um, <laughs> some jokes are not always appropriate. But, uh, mate, thanks for uh, thanks for talking to us today. So, um, uh, look, obviously the, the aim of the game is really just to get an understanding of what goes on outside the four walls. Um, you know, we all live in, and live around and work around people and, and come across people people that do things that are a little bit different to us. Um, and one thing that I've always found really interesting is people's career paths, um, yeah. you know, and how they get to where they are and how they've, uh, you know, come to be the person they are uh, today. And, you know, we often go to the barbecue and the first question that gets asked is, so what do you do? Yeah. How do you answer that question? Well, I've worn many different hats in life, so it's hard to say. Like now now I work for a large chain uh, retails, retail company. but um, That sounds boring. It's actually, it's actually quite good because so, you, know, you got set hours, you got your set income. You know exactly where you're going to be day to day. You don't have to worry about the stress and pressure of running your own business. So, what are you like a senior regional executive manager or no? Just a uh, night shift manager for a retail company. That sounds pretty normal to me. Yeah, and it's it's actually enjoyable. You know. It, there's no stress with it, really. You just got to get in, get your job done, get home, get paid. That's it. Simple. It sounds simple. It sounds really simple, but I guess it hasn't always been simple. Um, you know, you were a career man. I know we've spoken before. You, you, you've had, you know, to your point, you know, you've worn many hats yeah. you know, over your years. How old are you? Good question. 37, 38? Yep. There you go. Oh, what am I? Yeah. No, what am I saying? 47. 47. <laughs> what nice try, mate. Yeah, nice yeah, yeah. try. 47, sorry. I'm going to have to use that next time I get asked a question. You know, say, so how old are you? How old do you want me to be? Exactly. <laughs> that can be taken many ways. Mm. It's not really a subjective question, though, mate. It's <laughs> how old. It's pretty straightforward. Yeah. So not so good at maths, or? <laughs> nah. How did you, were you, were you, uh, you know, as far as, you know, way back in the day, I mean, you're, you're 37 going on 47 or however <laughs> old you want to be, um, you know, when you left school, did you, if, if you had that crystal ball sitting right here right now and, and can I admit, this is paradise, I mean, we're surrounded by nature and wildlife yeah. uh, at the top of a, of a how many acre block? Two and a half acres. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful. Um, paradise as far as I'm concerned, uh, you know, you've got the, the Samson Vale Lake just around the corner there, yeah. it's picturesque. Uh, it's a beautiful part of the world. Lovely to lucky to be here. Really are. Did you see this, you know, view of life for yourself when you left school? At- <sighs> no, not really. You know, the main thing you do when you want to leave school, I think I just wanted to surf, go around Australia, surf everywhere I went, and um, have a beer in the afternoon. That was about it. It's um, Brisbane boy. I mean, when did you go to school here in Brisbane? Or yeah, yeah, south side of Brisbane. Grew up from south side. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, grew up south side. Started um, growing, well, born in Ipswich, moved to the south side of Brisbane, and then uh, schooling there, and then moved to the north side of Brisbane. Uh, Ipswich these days is considered in a in a West Brisbane, isn't it? It is. It has so, come a long way, very very long way. Um, but um, I guess we're aware that we're probably what twenty k's from the city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It's a beautiful thing about this part of the world, isn't it? Yeah. It's yes. um. It, it, I mean, you know, bush shrubs. Uh, Probably can't quite hear about the birds in the background. It is a really, really nice part of the world. Oh, it is. And, you know, when you're, you're a bit secluded, got your own space to do your own things, kids can run around, ride bikes, magic. Okay, so family man? Yeah, definitely. Yep. Definitely two um, boys. Two boys. How old? 13 and 8. Oh, double trouble. Absolutely. They are. They feed each other. Yeah. <laughs> well, it saves you from having to do the cooking, but um, <laughs> and um, and as far as um, you know, just to to give the listeners a bit of an understanding of who you are, I mean, I can say, yep, yeah, this is a regular guy, and they might make their own minds up, I guess, when they hear what you had to say. Yeah, but um, you know, I guess uh, you know, you're a lifestyle guy. Yeah, definitely. You haven't, uh, I guess, you know, you start out doing your career. You've been told, you know, you've got to be a career person, do this, do that, but. Um, 
I think one thing that changes you in life is definitely having a family. And um, for me, it definitely did. It's um, always wanted to be a family man. But it, once once those kids come along, they are your life. They are your they're your blood. They're your life. They're your lifeline. It's they teach you so much more than you can teach them. I think, and that that makes everything so much more special. It's an interesting point you raise. I mean, I'm a, a recent dad. Uh, yeah. In fact, very recent for the yeah. second time. So the second baby girl born only a week ago. Yeah. Um, or two weeks ago now, I should say. So time certainly travels fast. Definitely. And um, and I get it. You know, I guess I remember being told you don't know how much you you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. You know, and okay, correct, absolutely. But yeah. for someone to say, you know, you you just need to, to get involved, get on board, have those kids because you do not know how much you're going to learn about yourself and how much you will learn that you have the capacity to love. Definitely. Um, Definitely. But you said that your kids teach you more than you've ever taught them. What is the most outrageous thing uh, that uh, that your kids have taught you? Outrageous, I don't know if outrageous, but I think they've just taught me to be more humble in life and just accept everything for what it is. It's, I think I used to be far, far, far too serious in life, and I think they've just said, you know, basically just taught me to just chill. Life's not that serious. It's not, you know, they just want to be loved. That's mm. what kids want. They don't want anything else. They just want to be loved. Oh, plus their bikes and the Xbox and everything else. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why we go to work, isn't it? Exactly. There you go. Exactly. Interesting. So, so you left school, um, you know, as I said, you, you wanted to travel around Australia, do some surfing. So you did that? Did you travel to many towns? God, no. No, I didn't get anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. And, uh, I think my uh, dad had a different plan for me. Um, I was going to be down the workshop doing learning uh, steel trade, learning how to weld, cut metal, sheet metal work, um, fabrication. That's where he had a plan and a vision for me. And was that sort of, you know, while you were in school in the afternoons? Was that the, the day you left school? What was the first day on the job? Probably started in holidays when I was about 14. Um, didn't want me getting into trouble, so it was down the workshop working with him, and that's just the way it was. He didn't have time to take off work and take care of me, and mum was working, so it was basically get to work with your dad. Made sense. So, did, did you hate it because you were told to do it at the time? Or hate it did with you? a passion. Yeah. Did not like it one bit. <laughs> until, it, it's funny, I did it for many years and begrudgingly, but it wasn't until I actually bought this property and we had to build a big deck on the back and um, I built it out of steel and I welded it all together and uh, out of, you know, big four by four uh, thick steel, um, oh, what do you call it, angle on. And I looked at what I did and I appreciated exactly what I did and I thought, you know, not many people could have done that. And I had a lot of friends that came around and said, I'm a timber guy. I, I, when I t steal, scares the shit out of me. Yeah. <laughs> to me, it's, 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 it was just so simple, but I, I just did not appreciate it till I put it all together. And, you know, this thing was structurally sound. Everyone looked, Everyone who came over looked at it and thought it was amazing. We, you know, we we put the roof over the top, put the timber on the deck. It just turned out beautiful. And I thought I saved myself twenty thousand dollars by doing it myself. But I hadn't. I just did not appreciate what I had. And now I really appreciate it even more. And yeah. I went one step further, and now I do trailers. So I repairs trailers on the side. So I've always got about thirteen to fifteen trailers around here, and we we do them up and sell them on side. And that's a good little hobby for me as well. Uh uh, oh, what a, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So driving here, and I mentioned driving out here, reminded me of, of I used to spend a bit of time in these parts here just driving the mountains. Yep. I used to love driving, and it was my way of clearing my head. Yep. So I was a career guy, so always a lot of stress, a lot of pressure yep. uh, before kids, I might add. Yeah, I've not yeah. been out here since. Um, but just you know, getting out there and just kind of getting in touch with your, what, I, what I would call serenity for yeah. me, which is cranking the music, um, you know, just putting whatever was appropriate you know, to fit the mood. If it was a good day, it would be, I don't know, you know, something sort of where the streets have no name, you know, by you two. Yeah, yeah. Probably their best song, in my opinion. Yep. If I was feeling miserable, it would be something as dark and sultry as Lana Del Rey's Born to Die, you yeah. know, because it was <laughs> just my time out yeah, there. Yeah. So, um, you know, um, but then of course I'm driving here and I'm, and I'm remembering those days and okay radio do i pull right here and then i saw the trailers yeah i thought i know i'm in the right place here. absolutely so um interesting that we often come full circle yeah. as far as that careers because yeah. the trailer thing's more of a recent thing but um yeah it started a few years ago where i was just an accidental pickup picked up two trailers did them up um they sold within a week did it again and again and all of a sudden by the end of, you know a couple months later i've got 15 trailers in the yard and then they're constantly being turned over and people People would ring me. I didn't even have to advertise anymore. People would just ring up and say, hey, got a friend who needs a trailer. And then their friend would ring up. It, it just started taking on a life of its own. It's interesting, isn't it? Because probably for the 15 years before that, 
you wouldn't have even recognised that as part of your skill set because you, you went and did the career thing and you went down a path that you thought was right based on the values that were, you know, passed down to you. Like just about every everybody that I speak to, you know, the first 10, 15 years of the career is doing what you think is right. Absolutely. Because it's textbook or it, it yeah. appeases somebody. Yeah. So, um, interesting. So it's a 14 years old and I'm trying to picture this, uh, you know, because you're, I've known you for a little while. You're not clumsy. You're well put together, but I guarantee there was an injury at some point. What was your first injury? First uh, injury. Working with metal. Ooh, yeah. Big one. Um, down, where were we down on the Gold Coast? A um, big sheet of metal would have weighed about a ton. It was um, being held up by a forklift on chains. The chain slipped on the forklift, landed on my fingers, oh, uh, squashed gosh. between a pole, and oh, I think it was about 10 mil thick, so it just crushed the bone. Uh, cut straight through the nerves, the tendons, and um, crushed the bone. Yeah, messy. And I remember getting to the doctor surgery, and um, he looked at my dad, he said, we're going to have to amputate. And I just fainted. <laughs> oh, could you see these two fingers missing? I'm like, oh my God. Was he having um, a lend or? No, he was being serious. He said, we've got a team of kidding? microsurgeons on standby ready to do the operation. They took one look at it and went, mate, we can't do, we can't, we can't fix the impossible. I'm like, oh, Christ. Was his second question, do you have health insurance or? No, I, 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 after I, after I came to, I said to him, I said, give me two weeks. I said, I can fix this. I said, I oh, know I can't. So I actually I just built a trailer in the backyard. I can <laughs> fix anything. <laughs> no, no, I had a friend who was a naturopath and she um, made up a cream of uh, comfrey with vitamin A and vitamin D in it. And every day I'd smother the fingers in uh, this comfrey ointment, um, keep them on all night, keep them on bandage jump. Then I would drive to Redcliffe during the day, put it in the ocean. I'd soak them there for an hour in salt water, come back, change the dressing, comfrey cream, cream again. And I would do this three weeks religiously. Went to the doctors and they peeled the skin off at the end of it. The 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 tendons, the ligaments had all repaired together. The fingers, the skin had all healed, and the bones had even hit and knitted back together. The doctors wow. had never seen anything so that it healed up so quickly. And and he told you that he had to amputate. That's really that must have given you a level of confidence. Absolutely, bloody hell. Yeah. And going out to Redcliffe to sit in the water for an hour a day that was just surfing, wasn't it? There oh, was there was a it was just nice to be out there. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It is a nice part of the world, mate. It certainly is. And um, so a naturopath. That's interesting. So how? So you was that your idea or was it a friend of yours? How did the idea of okay, the doctor said one thing and we're going to try a different approach. What actually drove you to go? see a naturopath uh, it was a family member uh, one of family uh, Kerry's family so um, she'd had some great results with I thought you know I've got to try something here I don't have any uh, other options so the microsurgery is not going to work I've got to try something I've heard a lot of interesting things about naturopaths and I've met a handful of them um, and so I, I don't really have any uh, any right to have a view on, on the way they go but I know that um, you know it's and, and maybe this is the wrong analogy, but it's kind of like you've got physiotherapists and chiropractors and they hate each other because yeah. of the school of thought. Yeah. It's a very, very um, different, uh, you know, linear school of thought to, say, you know, the general practitioner model. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, obviously that definitely a set of beliefs and that to go with it. Are you the sort of guy that lives naturally? Do you try to go herbal before you go chemical? Definitely. After um, I had chronic fatigue when I was uh, 17, 18, and uh, it just destroyed me. Um, and I actually went on to do natural medicine after that, but it took me a long time to get well again. And uh, it t- having the chronic fatigue taught me a lot about life, but no one could tell me how to get over it until I learned, uh, as I until I sort of got into contact with natural medicine. And that's sort of the one thing that turned my life around. I realised that there were certain things out there that could change you physically, mentally, emotionally, psychologically, psychologically and spiritually. It's the, the five elements that could change anything you wanted in your life. And you could... I've been, you know, you've been told so much by the medical model all your life that these are the only options you've got. All of a sudden you realise that these aren't the only options you've got. There are so many different options and... I've got a mind that sort of questions a lot and looks at different areas and uh, it just appealed to me. And that's when I went on to study natural medicine for, um, I think I spent four years at college and then um, spent 15 years in the uh, natural therapies arena, being a practitioner and working for one of the largest uh, companies for natural medicine on the north side of Brisbane. Uh, wow. Okay. Well, yeah, that, I mean, that that's a far cry from... Um Welding trailers, which interestingly yeah. enough, you've come back to. So let, let's unpack that a little bit because that's, um, you know, not that we judge books by their covers, but oh, who am I kidding? We do. You know, that's what people <laughs> do. And, yeah. and I suppose when you said naturopath to me, I'm picturing. Uh, you know, a lady with flowers in her hair that speaks softly who goes by the name Gaia. Exactly. There's incense burning in the house. 
and you're a naturopath by trade and you build trailers yeah. and you work for a major supermarket. So that, that's quite interesting. It is. It's, no. it's, not, it's not what you would expect, you know, when you look at a person and when you make a judgment when they're sitting next to you on the train or whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, you know, it's an interesting lesson for life and we know it all too well. But um, all right, so, so you had this great experience in naturopathy and you got a result that you thought was was led or at least driven by that yeah. um you know what was the next step did you give up the day job to study naturopathy like what did that look like well i did i did uh, i actually worked in construction um while i was going to college as well so i do college at night and i would uh, work for uh, big companies like bechtel and um big mining companies out there during the day and i was doing big hours and i was doing studying at night and i wouldn't get home till 11 o'clock at night so early starts five o'clock in the morning home at 11 o'clock at night and you would burn the candle at both ends and you'd be studying you'd be up till oh god up till two three o'clock in the morning studying and then um back to work the next morning it, it, it was just yeah it was relentless for a while and I, I i understand you know what that's like you know yeah. in a different sort of uh, in a different way i was working full-time and studying uh you know business by night yep. um and i know i don't know about for you but for me i found that was a really rewarding time it was a period of growth personally definitely professionally i was putting things into practice i was getting two different schools of thought you know yeah, the, yeah. the theory and the practice um and really using what i was learning yeah it was a good kind of feeling and then to come out and graduate it was like you know we've almost gone to level two of definitely. life <laughs> definitely definitely so all right so so then you, you've graduated and and that was what uh you know that was a naturopathy did yeah i did natural uh, natural therapies did um, biomesotherapy and um ac- uh, acupressure uh, herbs mineral therapy um, that was generally about it, but um, it was a big, huge part of my life for so long. Um, what was the first job that you had when you when you actually sort of went right? This is my career. I've got my tickets. So <sighs> yeah. Actually, opened my own shop straight away. Uh, was a lot of people said, you know, go out, get experience, work for another company, learn where you got to be, and I was like, no. This, You're not, not afraid, are you? That's, no. that's bold. So I jumped in feet and all, and we um, uh, took a lease out on a um, on a uh, shop. And we had that for twelve months, and after that, we bought a house on the main road of uh, Kalanga. Used that as a natural therapy center for a couple of years. Uh, I just found out what what was the downfall. I I found with there's a lot of people that aren't weren't committed. As much as I was, um, and that as in your customers or no, no, not the customers, the other practitioners. They they just didn't have the same drive, the same care factor. I think you can say there's practitioners and practitioners out there in life, and or there's people and people. Really, some are driven and some aren't. And I was finding I was having to drive everybody and get customers in for them and do business meetings. They just couldn't, didn't have that same drive. Um, oh. And I just thought everybody had drive in life, and they don't. No, no. There, there's only one speed, and it's uh, it's now. You yeah. know, <laughs> like it's um, and it's relative. And I guess everybody is where they are today based on everything that led them to, to today. That's right. You know, so it's um, and these are the things that we don't recognise in people when we say hello for the first time, or we yeah. say, hey, the ticket on the counter says four dollars, and it's eight dollars, or whatever the case. You know, yeah. we're all guilty of doing that, and yeah. I think um, my my assumption would be that you go into a career like that wanting to help people. Definitely. Wanting to give them options, wanting to give them maybe hope yeah. um, if they've been disenchanted either by the, you know, the, the general practitioner model or, you know, people that are just lost. Yeah. So, uh, and what I didn't realise actually in asking that question, your, your shop, it wasn't just you. So you actually no. had a couple of people working for you? We did. We had a, uh, an acupuncturist um, who used to do specific cancer treatments. Um, there was myself. We had a reflexologist, a massage therapist. Um, we had a counsellor as well. So it was a multi-modality clinic, and that's what I always wanted to set up. It, One-stop shop? Yeah, pretty much. That's what, that's what I always wanted to do. I had, that was my dream, but... Um, that sounds, I mean, that's amazing. Like that, that to do that, I mean, I'm curious, you didn't even work for other people before you did it yourself. How did you, once you'd built your own brand and people were trusting you as a, as a go-to person in that field in the area, yeah. how did you recruit? Um, the, the people that I wanted to work in the clinic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You wanted a reflexologist. How did you add on seek? Probably not, I'm guessing. Or? Um, no, there's a few people I knew through um, that I'd met along the way that I thought they'd be perfect for for being in a clinic. And look, some of them were. They just did not have the same drive or ethics that I had. And I, I actually, I always look for 100% perfection. And you've got to, you've, 
being in that sort of profession, you've got to keep looking for the answers to why someone is sick. They're, so they're there to see you. You've got to give 150%. You've got to give everything you've got to find out what is going on physically, mentally, and emotionally, psychologically for that person. It is so important. But a lot of people just sort of, just, oh, yeah, I've seen you for an hour and that's it. All right, see you later. Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? I remember as a kid going to a dentist and kids are often scared of dentists. Mm. So you go along and I was reasonably bright, but I must have been a little bit kind of borderline pathological maybe. Um, (laughs) Maybe that's not the right word, but for me it was about wanting to impress this guy that I didn't know, but he was a dentist. So I remember saying things like, so I just wanted to make sure, so this is the, you know, when you brush your teeth, you know, you do it this way. I just said whatever it took to get the hell out of that room. Yeah, yeah. Is that what you find that a lot of, um, you know, your practitioners maybe were maybe less around the diagnosis part, care factor and more around the billings? Like what was the driving factor for these imperfectionists that you had hired? I think I think I set everyone on such a high pedestal. I put people on high pedestals and then you know, I realised they just couldn't really cut it. But Is that because... I'll ask the question a different way. Uh, if I was to speak to one of those people, if they were sitting here today and I said, how would you describe Shane as a leader? How would they do that? How would they describe that? Probably. I wait. think silence says everything, people. He wasn't in touch with his staff. <laughs> probably not. Oh, probably not. And, and that's what I find. You know, you can, you can run a business, but you're not always the best leader. And I had so much more to learn. Um, one, about people. Two, about myself. Three, about running a business. Um, how old were you? How old was I? 22, I think, when I was 22. I was in my early 20s mm. when I opened the shop. Um, that it, it did teach me a lot. And then I went to work for an, a, a large natural therapy company down at Brendale and... Um, that was good because you didn't have the pressure of uh, having overheads and rent and electricity and whatnot. You, there was everything you had to find every month just to keep the shop open and then always had to find new clients to come into the shop. It, you just went and did your day-to-day. No, these are the hours you got. This is what you get paid. And that was good because it, it gave me freedom again to – when you're stressing all the time, you, you, that's a big thing about running a business. Sometimes there's a whole lot of stress about it. You know, How many clients do we need a week, a month, uh, a year? Um because you know, you've always got to cover supplements and herbs and vitamins and minerals and stock that's on hand and electricity and rates. There's so much more to think about when you're when you're when you're in a business model. You're not just thinking, oh, I'm going to help someone for the day. There's a whole lot more. To you're think not about a practitioner that. anymore, and that's why you're employing people, right? Exactly, yeah. and that became a real headache. Um, and it's it's interesting because I I've always dreamt of having my own business. But whether I've just never had the guts to yeah. do it, um, you know, I, I sort of went through the model and, um, you know, worked in business, worked in leadership roles quite young and got to, got, a, got a taste for accountability and responsibility and I liked it. Um, um, fortunately, never broke a business, yeah. um, but, but didn't even think about, you know, what would happen if the results went back to this or this because, yeah. um, you know, certainly in those days, a lot of those organisations wouldn't show you the P&L. Yeah. Well, they'd show you a P&L, but it's still the management books and not the financial books. So, yeah. And why did they do that? Because they don't want you worried about what's outside your control. You need to fix these four or five key yeah. things. You can drive that. So uh, your role um, you know, with this, with this large provider, was that as a practitioner or a sales BDM? Like what was the, the nature of your role there? With Brenda, the company? Uh, 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 I was a technical support officer. Um so basically answering a whole lot of questions that came in around supplements, uh, herbs, vitamins, minerals, um, what to take, when to take it, um, what would be – and I was talking to other practitioners in Australia. So all over Australia, people would call me asking for advice on certain supplements and treating certain conditions. Uh, then I went on to take care of their top 20 clients. Uh, then I also became a so – relationship rep. manager – Sort of pretty thing. much. Yep. Pretty much. Um, Changes things a lot, doesn't it? Because it that does, does come back to it does. Peak profit and loss, doesn't it? Let's no, be real. Exactly. And when people need to be cut at the end of the day, they're the sort of first person they look at to go, well, you're not profiting to the company. You know, you're we the advice is really good, but uh, it doesn't actually bring in the dollars. So I was actually then I started working for them as well, uh, being a rep. So I was repping for Far North Queensland. So I do Cairns, Townsville, Mackay, Rocky, um, back to Brisbane, uh, Sunshine Coast, Gold Coast, and do it all again. Plus I was working. Um, uh, still taking care of the top 20 clientele. Um, then I started taking care of their sister company, NVA. Um, it, it just became too much. I was also involved in so many seminars. I was away every weekend doing seminars. And it just became too much. And it just got to the point where I just I had to say no. 
I, I know, funny, I got, I drove there one morning and drove there and I drove in the driveway. I'm sitting there and I thought, I can't even get out of the car. I was just, I could not open that car door. I just did not want to get out of the car. Wow. I, I'd had enough and I knew I'd hit, I had just hit the end. Wow. And Icarus, you know, like I guess, you know, the wings you're up there and then all of a sudden the wind drops out from under you. Absolutely. And I didn't think it had hit so quick, but you're there and you go, I can't even do this. And I reversed out of the driveway and I went home. And I pulled up and I said to my wife, I'm done. Can't do this anymore. And wow. that was the big turning point for me. And, um, and you didn't see it coming. It just hit you. Just hit me. Did not see it coming at all. And that's when I actually, um, wasn't that long after that I started work for Woolworths, you, um, I applied for a, a position. I thought, I'll do this for a couple of months and see how it goes. It would be a good little fill-in for a little while. And here we are 13 years later. Well, let's unpack that and we'll get to the supermarket stuff, I guess. And and that's interesting because people, you know, you don't often think, hey, look, you know what, I'm proud to be working for Woolies uh, Night Phil, you know, when I'm in my 40s with two kids with a beautiful home, I might add, uh, on the top of the hill. You know, people wouldn't believe, you know, that yeah. that's the lifestyle that you've been afforded based on the decisions that you have made yeah. um, and the experiences that you've had that have led you here today. And, you know, what the listeners don't know is that you're a happy guy. You are, um, you know, you're, you're a you obviously are at peace with your life and you are, you're in control of it. Definitely. So I, coming back to, I mean, I can't even, I'd be lying to say that I can't empathise with that exact situation where you just realise you've, you've bitten off more than you can chew. Or yeah. uh, for me, I, I never really had understood anxiety. I, I never really bought into the concept of, uh, of mental health because I'd never really understood it. I yep. never really experienced it because I'd always had success earlier on and, um, you know, kept backing, you know, backing yourself and, and kind of surrounding myself with people that were better than me to become better. Yeah. And, and of course, you know, some of the people that I uh, graduated with and, you know, then went on to work with in, you know, you know mid to senior roles are now, you know, they're up here. At the um, But... It's taken me probably another five or ten years after that to look at that and go, that's great, but I'm really happy right now and I don't have the stresses that come with the quarter of a million dollar a year job. I haven't had to move my family eight times. Um, You know, we live in a house that's half the size of what it is or what it was, you know, when I was at the top of the, uh, let's call it the dollars chain. Um, But for me, the dollars chain was almost a misery chain. I I found myself disconnecting from home life and family life um, and similar to yourself I yeah. didn't see it coming um, and people don't know how to talk to you when you become this character that only is doing what they think is right and that is working 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 yeah. they tell you two years later that you were intolerable and hard to even speak to at a Christmas party because all you were thinking about was work yeah your vernacular had changed your demeanor your attitudes you you're frustrated at things and in my case nobody had the balls to say anything to me because they didn't know what they were going to get back. Yeah. And that made me sick to the stomach to learn only two years later when all of a sudden I went through the process of renewal and actually became a human being again. Yeah. Got in touch with gravity and, you know, not necessarily the stars in the universe or any of the the spiritual stuff, but um, really got back in touch with purpose. Back to reality. And what mattered. But um, that must have been hard, man. Like, So did you have kids at this stage when you... When when I went into war, I said, actually, when I was at NRG, yeah, I did. I did. I did have kids at that time. How old were the kids when you, you're sitting in the driveway and you're like, I just can't do this, and then the walls have gone white. Sorry, the walls have gone white, and you're probably feeling like throwing up, I imagine. You've got all of this, you know, at home that you're responsible to. Like, at the moment, you're probably not thinking about it, but was it the right thing to do? Was it the right thing? Definitely. Definitely, because I would have, God knows where I would have been. I was just on a track of destruction. It, I thought I was doing the right thing for the right thing for me, right thing thing for the business, right thing for the family. But when you look at it, no, I wasn't not at all. I was just burning myself out. People don't tell you that when you're when you're on that bath, do they? Because no. and possibly the ones that love you. I, I don't know about you, but in my experience, they love you enough to to back you, even if they they wholeheartedly hate what you're doing. Yeah. And you know, for me, I didn't see the forest for the trees. Like yourself, you know, I had the the family that, that sort of raised me. That you, 
Goodness me, they probably hate to hear this. They certainly didn't push a point, but those values of this is your role as a, as a man. Yes. This is your role as a dad. You know, that your role is to, to be a provider. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, and I know that the world is changing yeah. as far as roles within the household, uh, you know, career for life. I mean, that's... That's a pipe dream. I, I don't even think that's the case for the public service workers anymore. No. You know? Um, but to your point from the start of the conversation, you don't read about it in the textbook. You have to go through it to get it. And that's it. No one can really tell you about it until you hit that point. And, you know, it's, 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 a, it's at the point where your perception of life changes and, and life keeps changing. And it's the perception of life or perception of what your life looks like keeps changing. And, you know, I've only come across that again recently. I didn't think you'd just keep changing, but it does. It continually changes. Um, look, I was, I was lucky to have a few um, uh, good models in my life too. I did a... Um, uh, is in Breaker Beach Babes or uh, uh, more Pamela Anderson <laughs> no, types? No, 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 no. I actually did a uh, course uh, called Real Man um, many years ago. Um, it was about the time when I was looking at leaving. I was leaving another job and um, it was my dad. He uh, rang me up and he said, mate, I've got you booked into this course. I'm like, okay, uh, what's this course? You're thinking, oh shit, it's Alcoholics Anonymous. Yeah. It's, you know, what's the... He obviously picked up that something was wrong in my life. I didn't realise. And um, he he's rung me up. He's paid for this course. And he's gone, you know, lo and behold, he didn't know at the time. It was $2,500. We're going they back. still offer that today. I've seen that somewhere. Or... Yeah. yeah I think they, sure they, it is still around. And it's such an amazing course. But it changed my life. You know, he... He, he realised that there was an issue and uh, threw the money on the table. And uh, I went a clock... Uh, Went to this course and it will tell you what it was one of the most uh, life changing courses I've ever done. Um, it wasn't an online course, I'm guessing. God, you're, no. you're in a room with other real men, I'm guessing, and um, 40, 40 guys. Um, there's only forty guys, and you, they'll have a. You stay up there for oh, basically it's three, four, four days, three nights. It's continuous work, physically, mentally, emotionally. They look at what's holding you back in life, what's gone wrong, what you can change, what you need to change. Because the thing is, you don't even know what needs to change until you're up there in front of a professional who strips you back to bare nothing until you've got nothing left. It's it's it's. I, I liken it to breaking a horse. You get these horse whispers that they have to break the horse first before they can build it up, and that's what it is. You stripped away every possible atom that was holding you back. Yeah, right. So, and when you say sort of strips you back, so you don't mean cut you down. When I think about one of my first senior jobs, I felt like I was beaten to a pulp, you know, to zero to then learn the correct way of thinking, doing, breathing and eating and robotizing you, if that's even a word, turning you into this soldier, yeah. you know, that uh, that executes. Uh, but you didn't say that. You said strips you back. It gets. Well, I think it just gets rid of all the bullshit in your life that you think is correct and isn't. They get you back to being a normal Back to normality, and you realise what's more important in life, and where why, why you haven't been living the life that you actually want. So, so this individual that was leading the charge, uh, I need to know what their background is. I'm sure that they wouldn't be there if they weren't, you know, the best person for the job. But there's obviously a moment, just based on what you said, where you were either asked a question or, or there, there was a light bulb moment oh. during that uh, that made you just. Maybe pause for the first time in your life. Probably 20 light bulb moments. And, you know, it's, it's just one of these courses where you go, you know, you might get one light bulb in, moment in your life a year, but you look at this and you get 20 light bulb moments in three days and you go, this is incredible. And you get to take those with you, oh, don't definitely. you? Like Never. There are certain things and certain, certain phrases, certain conversations, certain people that for whatever reason, regardless yeah. of what their position or their relationship was to you in life, yeah. they, you know, their attitude is, is worth the infectious nature of their attitude is worth catching. Definitely. The way that they approach situations, the sunny disposition or the, it could even just be a one-liner and you think, my goodness. Definitely. You know, when people ask you the question, how are you doing? The way you respond yeah. says so much about you. Yeah. Because we do judge books by their covers. We do. So, so, you know, wow. So, you know, you, you've gone through life, you know, you, you've, you've gone from fixing trailers, done the career thing, you know, fallen in love with naturopathy and everything that goes with it to do all the right things only to just find that it was a corporate grind in the end yeah. and it wasn't right for you and for your family. Um, you know, if we can sort of, you know, maybe sort of take that to the next level, you know, as far as, you know, like there would have been a period, I'm guessing, where your mental health was not great. Definitely, and I think you don't realise you're at that point because you're just pushing, 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 driving, driving, driving. You don't you think you're doing the right thing for the right reason, but um, you're only wearing yourself out way too thin. You know, spreading yourself out here, there, and everywhere, and you you realise there is no time for you. 
it's just the work. It's just work and you, 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 know, you get to the weekends and you, you, you're exhausted, you're shattered or if not you're working, you're working the weekends to prepare for Monday or, and you're still up at you know, one o'clock in the morning doing emails, you think, what am I doing? Yeah, you know, you, you, your wife thinks you're having an affair, but it's not with another person. <laughs> it's actually just with everything but the, the family. And so that would have impacted the family, right? The relationships oh, at home. The Definitely. I was never home on the weekends, and that wasn't fair to the family, the kids. It wasn't fair to myself. And you always put yourself last. You know, it's one thing to put, you know, your wife and your kids, you go, yeah, well, they should be first, but you should be first. But if you put yourself last, you're never going to be good enough to give back to that. You're just not, you're not there, you're not present fully, you're not um, energised, you're not, you're just not available. And you're not living and breathing the values that got you into maybe that career path in the first place. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah. You wouldn't change anything about that though. I mean, like from where you are today, if you hadn't <laughs> have gone through that, I mean, would you, it's not for me to assume, is it? Uh, I'll rephrase that statement and turn it into a question, um, yeah, yeah. And, and not lead you to, to to you know. I suppose the you know the, the reality, I guess, from what I see, which is completely different to what is actually happening in your world. But yeah, um, you know, if you had a crystal ball, if I had a crystal ball, would I change things? Probably, wholly likely not, because you I mean you don't know what you don't know, but. To get to the point where you are, you've you've had to have done a lot of learning along the way, and I think the learning has been it's obviously what what was needed or what I needed to um to learn basically. Um, and someday you, I think I've got through the challenges that I needed to, and um, now it's just living life for me and my family. Really, you know, you've got the caravan, got the boat, and we um. I can see life. that. Yeah, I can see that. You know, the lifestyle that you didn't have before, oh. you, you do now. Absolutely, you know, to to pack up and go away for a caravan for three weeks at a time up to Clounder or somewhere is is just so amazing. You know, you go to the beach and have a coffee and sit down with the kids and go swimming, and that's what's important. Something to be said about living in Brisbane. Hey, you've, oh. you've got you know you've got your mountains like not that far away. You've got the Gold Coast, which is great. The Sunshine Coast, which is just amazing, particularly yeah. for families. Um, you know, God, it's paradise. Definitely, it really is, and, and that's what's more important. Yeah, look, I mean, it's, um, I don't know, we've all got our own views on life based on what's led us to where we are. My I catch cry, the thing that's been coming out of my mouth for almost three years now yeah. is that, um, and the reason I don't look at the, you know, the people that I've worked with in the past that are in really, really senior roles, and I, I would never, ever take that away from them. Yeah. I think congratulations to them. They were so driven, so dedicated to what they, they do. They are now reaping those rewards yeah. uh, commercially. Um, you know, it's... Um, uh, my hat goes off to them because that is that is absolute 100% commitment. Yeah. Um, I've got the same commitment. It's just to something else at the moment. Yeah. Uh, and when I say at the moment, I don't think that's going to change. Yeah. You know, and for me, that that is absolutely family. Yeah. It wasn't until, uh, you know, having kids and kind of realising that, wow, I didn't know that I could be this committed yeah. to you know, doing what it takes and to making my wife happy by being home more, yeah. um, you know, that I decided to give up the day job as well. Yeah. So it's, um, it's a credit to you for actually doing it and not losing everything. Absolutely. You know, due to that determination. Um, but, uh, you know, you do what makes you happy. And for me, time is the only economy. Yeah. And interestingly enough, you don't know when when that, that pit's going to run out. So no. It's an no. interesting point. <clears throat> it's um, and look, I appreciate you. You know, you being upfront and really, really uh, some of those sort of questions probably a little bit bold there. But I think that um, a lot of the listeners would also agree that um, you know the world is changing. It's getting faster. There's a lot going on. Yeah. Um, and and sometimes a lot of people that I speak to have been doing the same job for such a long time, uh, and they've either got to either a senior level or they've gone a little bit salient yeah. um, and they're at risk of getting chopped yep. um, and they're just not necessarily ready for, you know, there's no plan B. I know in the unis and schools, they teach kids about having a side hustle. They're ready to go. I mean, yeah. we, we weren't taught that. No, no, not at all. I think um, the, the, the the life is changing for a lot of people. I think that's good because you're not stuck into one career or one job for the rest of your life. And I think that's a, that's a bonus because you might have five, six, seven different jobs throughout your career. And, and that today that's okay. Now we brought up in the era where, and you have one or two jobs, and that's mm. it. But that's not what it is. And you can chop and change and go in many different directions in your careers these days. And it's all acceptable. And acceptable, it is okay. Whether you know, there's so many people that work for themselves these days, and it's a lot easier than what it used to be. Well, you're um, accountable to you and to your family and to what yeah. you've 
I suppose, determine as your sense of purpose or your sense of uh, reality. Absolutely. I think, you know, with the, with uh, social media and uh, the internet the way it is these days, you can start up a business overnight. And I know many people that do have home businesses and it works successfully and quite well. And they've got that perfect balance of children, wife, you know, you, you've got your, your, your lifestyle, your family and your work. And you can, you can make it all happen. It's just about prioritising what's more important for you uh, and how you do run your life and don't don't give it all to your work i think it's it's because you can get bogged down in it and it'll change your life forever you've you know what are you what are you what are you doing the job for you're doing the job so you can survive the next day or you're doing it for your family you can go out for dinner and go with the kids and ride the bike and go out on with the caravan or go and have a fish or whatever it is go to the movies whatever it is choose your own adventure absolutely that's life yeah Completely. It's, um, it's so true. It really, really is. And I think that um, more and more people are doing it. Uh, more and more people are less scared to take those risks. Um, Definitely. And it's only a matter of time before, you know, I think with, with everything that's been happening in the last couple of months, obviously with COVID and, and yeah. all the restrictions on businesses, on travel, on this, that and the next, um, it still cracks me up to this day that you see sort of, um, you know, uh, organisations bragging about how they let the people work from home and you know, I think, hang on. I used to know a bloke that worked for that organisation and 12 months ago they wouldn't let anyone take yeah. a computer out of the office. Um, you know, yeah. What does that say about the level of trust? What does that say about these sorts of things there? So um, it will be interesting to see what the next, uh, you know, sort of uh, 18 months, 24 months looks like. Exactly. If I was to, to put that question to you and say, what does the next five years look like for you? What does the next five years look like for me? Um I would only have to say more balance and more work-life balance, really. Um, it, I think, um, yeah, just more time with the family, really. F- more time with the family on weekends, not um, not getting to, not getting too bogged down for the little stuff. Um, I think, you know what, I, I think... That's a Stephen Coveyism, isn't it? Don't sweat the small stuff. Pretty much. Yep. And it, you don't realise it. You know, you can read these books, but you don't really get it. You, you get to a certain point, and then all of a sudden it hits you and you go... Oh, that's what they've been trying to teach me. So you do a bit of reading? Actually get, yeah, I do. Okay. Yeah. What's your favourite? Um, I hate using the term self-help book, but Ooh. call it what you were, leadership book, textbook, uh, comic book, you know, oh, dirty magazine. Look. What is it that uh, that really inspires you that you sort of go, you know, actually, as much as it's theory, that that's a cracker? Uh, look, I still like the easy stuff from Louise Hay, You Can Heal Your Life. Um, so simple, straightforward. Um, you know, she, she hit a lot of things on the head, you know, 30 years ago. Um, uh, it's probably one of the main ones. I think it's just so simple. You know, you have a look at things like The Secret, the um, the DVD or the book The Secret. It is, it, it's very simplistic, but it, it's, it teaches you a different way to be and a different way to live. Um, a lot of people think, oh, it's a whole lot of um, hocus pocus. But when you... when you He's a naturopath. Don't trust him. It's that, all waffle yeah, bullshit. Exactly. You know, they, they yeah. make that judgment kind exactly. of call that you're, it's a bit whimsical or whatever, but yeah. maybe don't knock it till you try it. No, but it's, there's nothing more. It's nothing really spiritual about it. A lot of people live their lives by it. It's, it just teaches you a different different way to live your life and you know you want to be more free you want to be more passionate about life you do want to have more time in your life you can have whatever you want but you've got to choose it um you know and and you know, sometimes it's not just about us too it's about our family you know and, you know if it wasn't for my wife i wouldn't be in the position that i'm in so um you know you've got to have a backing if you've got a partner um you've got to you know you're lucky enough to have a strong partner that can stand behind you and go you know you're making the right decision or you know you don't want to leave work and they go oh hang on maybe you should stay there we've got a we've got a um uh, got a uh, house to pay off or still paying the mm. car off it's like you know i can see you know it's where a partner can turn around and say i know you're unhappy i can see it's affecting your life you, i think this is the right move for you so but, what gets you out of bed in the morning in that case <laughs> usually the kids at 6 a.m dad we're gonna get up <laughs> <laughs> or you've slept through the alarm we've got to get to school <laughs> oh dear yeah. fair enough all right so you're not quite that far down the natural way of life that you're homeschooling them no 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 look we uh had um, discussed it and it was one of the things we did look at. Okay, um, yeah. And it wasn't until the boys go to a nice little school down the road and they're uh, quite loving it. Uh, oh, no, when COVID hit, uh, the boys were at home for um, six weeks and my eldest actually said, he said, oh, I'd love to be homeschooled, Dad. This is great. He said, I'll get pizza for lunch and, you know, I'll get a hot chocolate in the afternoon and I get to play around. I love it how he's <laughs> like, oh, where did you learn this? You know, yeah. whose parents are doing this? You exactly. Know? Like, <laughs> so, yeah, he was he was quite convinced he was going to be homeschooled. Um, the youngest one, he wanted to go back to school. He missed all of his friends. Um, but, oh. yeah, they're both back at school. I think um, he's enjoying not being around mum and dad so much. <laughs> <laughs> Too much of a good thing, yeah, hey? Yeah, I think so. 
he didn't want to uh, he could see the future right I could just picture it now he's going I like trailers but I don't want to learn to weld them just yet <laughs> <laughs> well the funny thing is he said and he said to me the other day he said dad can you buy me a trailer he said I want to make some money he said if you can buy me a trailer he said I'll fix it up and do all the work on it and paint it I'm like do you know how to weld no do you know how to grind no do you know how to um, where to get the steel from no I said how are you going to repair it Oh, he said, I thought you could do that for me. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dad, can I have some money yeah. so I can have a trailer so you can weld it for me? So he wants he doesn't want to learn how to weld a trailer. He wants to learn business. He's a great manager. I sort of always said he's going to be a fantastic manager. <laughs> it's interesting, isn't it? So, you know, you said practitioners and managers or leaders, they're, um, they're not necessarily one of the same. No, no, not at all. There you go. Who was your greatest manager? Who was my greatest manager? Best manager. Ooh. Who was my greatest manager? I really have no idea. I've had so many of them along the way. I've I've looked at. I've, I think I've taken aspects of all of them and said, you know, this works in my life, and that doesn't work. I definitely wouldn't want to do that. Um, but that's quite actually quite good. And I think I can't say there's been one that's been more of a role model than another. I think I've just taken aspects of each and every single single one and sort of put them into my own. How holistic of you. Mm. I should have expected no less uh, of an answer. <laughs> All right, well, let's get a bit gritty. Um, your most, um, and this is, you know, not to, to slag off any manager uh, or any leader because, you know, no doubt everyone's kind of different, but your most useless manager or the person that maybe sort of led you in a way that you said, oh, I'm actually going to do the exact opposite of that. Oh, God, that would definitely have to be my dad. <laughs> oh, he, he, I think I saw the way he did things in business and um, it just did not work for me at all um, but at the same time he's, he's been through his own understanding of life and changed his, um, changed his whole entire viewing of how he does things and run businesses and um, so he's been you know the worst teacher and the best teacher at the same time so um, okay you can't say he's just been bad but he's been um, yeah been a uh, Good model along the way, good and bad. Good to live vicariously through his success and, um, you know, blunders or, or whatever the case may be. Yeah. That almost brings out full circle, doesn't it? I remember at the start of the chat that you said that uh, that your kids teach you more than, you know, you could ever teach them. Yeah. Um, would he, oh, he would probably recognise, you know, some of his influence in, in your character and your business and your leadership and your, you know, life as a family man. Would it go the other way? Has he ever said to you, Shane... You've taught me a lot. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so at all. I think it's his way of the highway. He's, he's, a, he's a definitely a Taurine. He's, he's tough as nails and it's basically, no, it's either my way or the highway. If you don't like it, there's the door. Oh, it's <laughs> adult learning, goldship 101, you know, lead the horse to water and let him think that your goals are theirs and yeah. you know, just let him have it. Is that the, the definitely, best way? Definitely. There you go. Yeah. Good stuff. And, and if you were to, you know, sort of give advice or, um, you know, I guess call it paying it forward from all of those lessons learned over the years, um, yeah. And short of the, you know, choose your own adventure, be the person you want to be sort of thing there. If, if there was one piece of advice, um, you know, either that you were given or that you've just come to understand, you know, in your 37 or maybe 47 years um, on this planet here, whichever age you're, you're identifying with, yeah. <laughs> which piece of advice, you know, if you could give to people you've never met before without sounding like you're preaching. Yeah. Um, I think you actually said it before. You said, you know, you... Um, uh, Around fear, uh, you used the word fear before, and I think that's a big thing that holds people back in life, fear. Fear of the unknown, fear of what if I fail, what if I don't succeed, what if I become out, coming out looking like an idiot because it didn't work out. Don't, I think, back yourself, have no, I think fear holds us back from a lot of things. Um, it's a killer. It is, definitely. silent killer, it does, um, because... It, I mean, to that point, my, my take on fear, and fear is a horrible thing. Oh, definitely. Fear is, um, fear itself, um, and maybe that's a conversation for another day and, and probably a very different podcast, you know, is it quantifiable? Um, you know, on the outset, you might think no, but it's absence of matter. It's the opportunity cost. It's the, it's the matter of the black hole. Yeah. Uh, you know, for me, it's the um, the downward spiral isn't a spiral. It's actually a vortex. It's actually getting larger and, 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 yeah. and bigger over time. And, you know, interestingly enough, um, yeah, it is an absolute killer. And um, Absolutely. You know, depending on which rock and roll records you listen to, I know that a, a prolific American band from LA released a record only last year. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, we won't use the title, but it, I suppose experience and yeah. life, you know, being the antidote or the, um, you know, the inoculum to to prevent what that is um, because you could spend all your time 
focusing on something that is almost so hard to measure, but the impact you can have on all of those things. Yeah. Absolutely. So, and, and that's one thing I've really learned in life. You can you can do something and fear it, or you can do something and not fear it. You can just absolutely believe that you know you're going to back yourself the whole way, and let's just do the jump in boots and all. You know, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you succeed or fail. It doesn't. But if you can take the fear out of it, you don't have that fear or that anxiety or that worry with it. You just do it. You think, okay, I've had a good day today. It worked. Uh, you're going to have good and bad days. It doesn't matter what business you're in. You're going to have good and bad days. Um, that's just life. That's just learning how to deal with it. But if you can take most of the fear away from things, even you, know, you it's like being in debt. You can be in debt and have you know $1.2 million hanging over your head and you think, you can either worry about it and go to sleep and have hot sweats during the night and wake up in absolute yeah, panic and fear and anxiety. Yeah. Or you can go, you know what, I can't change it. I'll call the bank manager and say, mate, I'll try and get the money to you when I can, but <laughs> like, take me a bit 30 longer. years these days, <laughs> exactly. I think. But, um, yeah, so, you know, you, you can't worry about it because worry is just going to create more worry and that worry creates even more worry again. And before you know it, you're in this spiral of worry and you don't even know how you got there. And mm. you realise mm-hmm. that, and I think my, my kids actually told me that when my eldest gets anxiety and, and you know, these are the conversations I have with him and I'm going, mate, what are you worried about? Oh, I'm worried about this, this and this. I said, but it hasn't even happened yet. Break it down. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. It hasn't happened, so you're worrying about nothing. Oh, but what if? But there is no what if. Good question, but can you answer it? No, neither can I. So what can we answer? Exactly. What can we do? Uh, You know, again, time's the economy. What are we doing with our time? Exactly. You know, know, get the skills to be resilient, get the skills to to be able to be witty and quick enough that if you, you know, are put under the spotlight for one of those, you know, hundreds of thousands of millions of what ifs, um, you know, deal with it then. Yeah. You know, like if you're filling up the jar, you know, of time, yeah. you know, do you put the sand in before the rice, before the rocks, before the... the yeah. No, you, you don't do it that way. Yeah. So, um, well, there you go. So, you, you heard it here first, guys. Uh, Shane uh, on Shop Talk saying, don't worry about it. Absolutely. Control what's within your control. Yeah. Serenity prayer for, for the religious types out there. Uh, external, internal locus of control for those who do reading. Yeah. Um, uh, as for the naturopaths, as for the steel workers, just own it. Absolutely. Roll with it. Learn with it. Um, and use your time wisely. And I think life has a way of, it works you out. If you don't want to work it out, it'll work it out for you. Mm. You don't realise sometimes you just got to flow with the river and just go where it takes you. But a pause every now and then is a good thing. Absolutely. Take yep. stock. Absolutely. What matters. And that that was the biggest thing that, you know, doing the work that I was doing. I never took that time to pause or just chill. It's like, I didn't have time. Someone said, oh, come on, let's just go and stop for five minutes and have a coffee and just chill and be like, mate, that's five minutes I don't have time for. Mm. But you know what? You do. You can make that five minutes or ten minutes or half an hour. And, you know, I remember speaking to someone, they're saying, why don't you just take the day off? Like, Are you kidding? A whole day? Career, career suicide. Oh, mate, that doesn't, that doesn't <laughs> even equate. It doesn't even happen. But and someone said, no, let's just go out fishing for the whole day. Or let's go and play golf. I'm like, that took me a long time to learn that, you know what? It's okay. Kids do that to you, don't they? As far as you don't get these moments back there. There are so many tiny moments yeah. like this, you know, yeah. whether it's going and fishing and, and seeing them and watching them learn a skill that maybe you've taught them or maybe they teach you something and it blows yeah. your mind. But if you're not there for it, you're not there. Absolutely. Oh, God, I remember playing with the kids with the uh, Hot Wheels cars in the sandpit when they were young. I'm thinking, you know, I've just spent four hours in the sandpit doing <laughs> nothing but playing with Hot Wheels cars. Oh, I haven't cleaned the kitchen. I haven't done the house. I haven't done anything. It's, but you, you think, I haven't done anything all day. But you know what? It actually feels pretty good. <laughs> but you remember, you know, the fact that we're talking about that day in the sandpit yeah. says to me that that day meant more. Absolutely. Meant more to you than, it, than you could have imagined if you'd have had it on your checklist of what needed to be done on that Saturday afternoon. Absolutely. But if we can give it to our kids, why can't we give it to ourselves?